Sovereign Grace Media. Brought to you by Sovereign Grace Community Church of Paris, California. Visit us at www.sovereigngracecc.org. If you have your uh, Bibles, uh, I'm going to be I'm going to be preaching from Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two, uh, starting with verse eleven. So I'll give you a moment to get there. And uh, we've been doing a lot of praying. And uh, guess what? We come to worship the Lord, but we also want to have some time with God. So I'm hoping that this praying and this kind of seeking after God is, is a blessing to you, refreshing to you. Uh, and that it is, it makes a difference so that when you come here, you don't go out the same way you came in. You, you go out blessed because you've had a moment to be with God. And um, everything that we do here gives you that opportunity. The worship, the singing, the giving, when we have communion, those are all opportunities to come before God and to receive God's grace on your lives. And as we get into this word, I'd like to just take a moment that we may have some time to pray and ask the Lord to open up the text to us, to, to give us that insight, not just for knowledge's sake, but for transformation's sake, so that we're, we're moved and we're changed and we're transformed by God's word. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm grateful that uh, you've called us, you've called every single one of us. And I pray that as we cover this text, Lord, you gave me some, some thoughts, some insight here. But I know that as I go over the message, and as I go over the text, that you have something specific for every single person here. And so I pray, Father, that you would answer the cry of people's hearts, that you would enlighten people as they're looking through the verses, that you would speak to their hearts, that you would change our lives, Father, that we would be holy before you, that we would, we would step into those places where you're calling us, that we would walk away from the fear, from the maybe being unsure, and that you would lead us, and that we would follow, and that we would obey you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So starting with uh, verse 11 of chapter 2, and Paul here is really um, reminding people. So the message today is to remember. Remember. Remember, and that's what Paul is 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 uh, is bringing back to the disciples and to the believers. He says, "Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men." Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, extended from citizenship in Israel 
and foreigners to the covenants of the promise with hope and without God in the world. So one of the things that Paul is, is reminding believers, and I think it's a good reminder for us as well, is that we should remember, we should remember what we were. That we have a testimony. That one day we were sinners and God called and spoke to our hearts and we were transformed. That we were changed like that. God spoke to our hearts. So we have a testimony. Now why is it so important that we have that kind of remembering? Why is it so important? And I would venture to say that it is important because if we don't remember, we'll be like the Jews. Right? The Jews, they trusted in what they could do. Their circumcision was, as the scripture says, made by human hands. Right? And so when we think we are doing great things, guess what happens? We look down at people who are not doing as well as, they, as we think they should be doing. We look down on them and that arrogance creeps in and soon we're not trusting on what God has done in our lives. We are looking to what we have done. And we start looking down on people. Start judging people. Right? Amen. And that's what happened to the Jews here. The very promise that God gave the Jews back in Genesis chapter 12 when he spoke to Abraham is you're going to be blessed by God. But what was, what was after that? So that you will be a blessing unto others. Right? Amen. But because they became so separate unto themselves and they wanted everything for themselves... Instead of a blessing, they became a curse. They felt like they were better than everybody else. So when we are in Christ, I think it's good to remember. Remember how awful and sinful we were? In fact, God says that, you know, he calls a sinner that the righteousness of a sinful person are like filthy rags. And it's, you know, at first I was thinking, well, filthy rags, you know, maybe... Maybe rags that you find thrown and then maybe you could wash and take up. But what he's talking about are filthy rags that are stained with blood and sec bodily secretions. Those rags that are meant to be burnt up or thrown away. A stench, right? If we think of them, we think, oh boy, that's gross. So that's, imagine, if we think that's a bad thing, imagine what the holy God, the pure God, sees in those dirty, stenchy rags, covered up, thrown away. And he talks about the, rule, the, the, the Jews at that time, the teachers that should know better. But what does he say about them? He says, you guys are like open graves 
The stench of the body is coming up, the decaying bodies. Cover it up. You may be looking whitewashed, you know, where you look all nice and, and uppity, but man, you stink bad. I, I want to have nothing to do with you. So I think that Paul in this way is saying to believers, remember, remember that lot, not long ago you were sinners. You were rejected because of your disobedience. In fact, Rudy read it earlier. He talked about the wrath of God. You were destined for the wrath of God because the evil one, the one who is the ruler of the air, was ruling over us as unbelievers. Ruling us to be completely disobedient to Him. That's what we are as sinners. And it's good to remember that. It's good to remember that. So that we have a testimony. I was that way. But I'm not that way anymore. Because Christ has saved me. Christ has come into my life. There's a difference. I didn't do it. Right? God did it. In fact, if you look, if you, if you look earlier in, that, in the chapter 2, it, it talks about, you know, it is not by, by, our, by works that we are saved, but it is by grace. And why does he say to remember that? So that no one can boast. And, and if he's saying that no one can boast, what does it mean? Is that we're still capable of boasting. So we have to remember, hey, we have a testimony. Jesus did it all. Jesus did it all. And whatever good that I do now, it's not because of me. It's because of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, <coughs> let, me, um, let me move on a little bit here. So, in verse 13, he, I mean, because that sounds like, hey man, the sinner stuff is pretty heavy duty. And it should be. But then... Here's the grace part. And it's in 13. He says, but, but. In other words, normally when you hear but, it's usually somebody says something good, but. But in this case, he said something really hard to hear. But there's something good. And that something good is that, it says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who, who were once far away, have been brought near through the blood of Christ. You who were far away, you were sinners who were far away, have been brought near to the blood of Christ. Through the blood of Christ. And I think this is very important for us to take in. Take in the blood of Christ. I think sometimes we just hear about it and we think it's no big deal. But to think in what the blood of Christ has done. And I, for that, I'd like to direct you to uh, Ephesians chapter 1, starting with verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. And he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. Okay? 
So what does the blood of Christ do? Makes us holy and blameless. What happens when you sin? You ask God to forgive you, but many times, many times, you carry that in your heart still. And you say, God, forgive me, but you somehow believe the ruler of darkness, of disobedience, rather than God's word that says you are holy and blameless. John says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So why would Satan want to lie to you and say you are not blameless and holy? Because that way you can go on sinning, right? But if you're cleaned up and you're blameless and you're holy, guess what? Holiness should come out of our lives. Fruitfulness should come out of our lives. But when you believe the lie, Satan wants to keep that. And he wants to keep you believing that you're no good, that you're still a sinner. But it's the powerful blood of Christ that, that transforms that does the work that we're, we're not capable of doing. And, and um, so he says, in, in the rest of four, he says, in love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption. We're no longer, we're no, we're no longer destined for the wrath of God, for destruction. We are destined for the blessing of God because we are his sons and daughters. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And this lavish piece, when, when I was hearing it, it just spoke to my heart because lavished is, it just keeps coming, it's pouring, right? And, and if it was cheap, you would say, well, so what? But in this lavish, it's, it's the blood of Christ is precious. It's free to us, but it's not free. It's free to us, but it's not free. Christ, the only Son of God, took up the cross and he died. So it's a precious thing. And he just like loved us so much that he just threw it on us and just as much as you want. So I would encourage us as sinners to drink up. Drink up from the grace of God because we need it. 
as we're walking through this life, there's opportunities where Satan just wants to take us this way or that way. He wants us to, to be hateful, ungodly. Right? But we're no longer sinners. We're saved by grace. And so it is the blood of Christ that will keep us faithful to him. So I would say, keep on, keep on believing God, drinking from his blood, proclaiming his blood. Having said that, I also want to caution us that we don't go on sinning and say, God forgives me. All I have to do is confess my sins. Because if you look at Hebrews chapter 10, maybe let's go there real quick, see if I can get us there. Hebrews chapter 10. He talks about, he warns, verse 29, chapter 10, Hebrews 10, 29. He says, how much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, and who has, and who has um, insulted the Spirit of grace. So grace is offered through the blood of Christ which is free, but there's also a caution that if we keep thinking that we can just go on living our lives, sinning as we please, and calling God and saying, forgive me, and not think that God will answer and punish. I think that's where we have to kind of take a pause. Rejoice in the blood of Christ, but also it is holy. It is holy. And as we call upon God for that, for that grace, that we are, we are to be reverent and know that it is with great price and great sacrifice that Christ came. Let me go back to Ephesians chapter 2. So, 14, he says, For he himself is our peace who has made the one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. And I would say back then, Paul is reminding believers that they have the power to bring peace because Christ is the one that is leading but he's also reminding us as believers that we have hostility. And that all that means is that I don't like you. 
just because I don't like you. And that's not, that's not being Christian. That's being ungodly, right? And so in this country right now, and even in our churches, we have people that say, I don't like. No reason, I just don't like them. Okay? And that wall of hostility, that's a lie from the evil one as well. Christ, Christ has come into our lives and he's given us the power to overcome those evil thoughts. How many of you know the word bias? Right? Right? So we're biased. There's a bias. And that's like, I don't know the person, but I just see the person and it's like I don't like them. And some of that, you know, in our country, as I think about our country, I don't want to get too political, but as I think about our country, there's, there's a lot of reasons why people are angry and why people are biased. Our country has created some deep wounds in people. In the name of Jesus. That's the unfortunate thing. Okay? So in the name of Jesus, we have created genocide for Native Americans. We have enslaved African Americans. We have put Japanese in internment camps. We have forgotten our poor along the Appalachians. So there's a lot of reasons why people don't like people. But if we enter in to that cycle of hate and we crank it up even more, that's not our call, brothers. Jesus Christ is calling us to be peacemakers. Where there is hostility, to bring in peace. And it starts with us. As we think about the other person, whoever that other person may be, that we don't have to think hateful thoughts about other people, whether it be individuals or it be groups of people. That whatever negative things we think, Christ has come and has given us the power to overcome. We don't have to be ruled by the ruler of the air who wants us to be in chaos, who wants us to be at each other's throats. We serve a God who unites, who breaks the chains of darkness, who sets us free from the hate. How many of you know that hate is like a prison? Makes us sick. Yeah. And the promise that we have from Jesus is that he came to set us free. He came to allow us to see people and love people. So I think Paul is reminding reminding us of that as well. Verse 18, verse 18, it says, For through him we both have access to the Father by the one Spirit. So as we, are, as we allow, as we, as we ask Jesus to heal us, to transform us, we are face to face with the Almighty God. I mean, I would be thrilled if I had a face-to-face -face with the President of the United States. But we have a face-to-face -face with the Creator of the universe. Isn't that a powerful thing? 
So, how many of you? How many of you heard? It's not what you know; it's who you know. We know God. Amen. We have God's word too, so we know something. But we know God, and that goes a long way. So. It says, consequently, because you know God, you are no longer foreigners and aliens. You're no longer outside of God's house. Psalms 91, you know, it, it talks about he who dwells with God in the shadow of the Almighty. It's, he's protected, okay? So we're, we're, we are in God's presence. So we're not foreigners. We're fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And as I read that, I'm thinking, wow, awesome. But I think what Paul is saying here is, don't stop at believing. Don't stop at believing. Don't even stop at saying, wow, look at what, the, what God did through the apostles. Because they lived out their lives. Some suffered, some died. But their work didn't die. It continued to live on in the house of God. And so what I hear Paul saying here is the work continues with you. With you. So it's, it's not just, hey, God forgave me for my sins. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm happy. I'm going to heaven. No. It's God has saved you and has invited you to be part of the house of God. Amen? Amen? And he's building up his house. And what an awesome privilege to be able to be part of that. God has entrusted to us his work. Isn't that amazing and powerful? Who thought? You know, I was a migrant worker, grew up in the projects, hated school, and yet God somehow called me. And I think every one of you has a story like that. That God has called you. And God is using you to build up his work. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So I would encourage you, I would encourage us. Ask God, where is it that you want to use me in building up your house? How can I be more part of your house, Lord? God does want to use you. And it's not an obligation. It's not an obligation. It's a, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be able to, to do that. Like when we were kids, you know, we saw our dad or our mom drive, and we wanted to drive sometimes. <laughs> right? God is giving us that privilege to get in there. Whether you're young and just starting out, or whether you're older like me, we all have a place. God is calling us. God still wants to use us until the day he calls us home. Whether he calls us home in, in death or he comes back and get ready, let's go. 
Either way, either way, God is using us. So I pray that you would think about in your homes, thinking about those areas in your own life where God needs to undo some of those biases that you have. Take those out of your life. Pray that you would teach your families that we are peacemakers, that we're called not to enter into the debates and crank the hate up, but to break it. Break that cycle in the name of Jesus. Plead the blood of Christ. God, God does have, indeed have a plan for us. And I think that as we continue to do that in our homes, here at church, um, that we would not allow any of the stuff that is, you know, we, we, we're sinners, but we're also, we're also saved by grace. The blood has changed us. We were, we were sinners, I should say, but we are no longer, Right? We're, we're, we're perfect. We're holy before him because of the blood of Christ through faith. So I pray that we would continue to do that. Bless your homes. Teach your children how to be peacemakers. Bless this church. Step in whenever there's, there's a, uh, any kind of conflict that is, that is creating more hate. Break into that. Be open to say, hey, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Christ, get Pentecostal. I don't care. <laughs> but but we, we do need to plead the blood of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your...